know, we're continuing our series today on identity. And we've said who I, who am I is really one of the, the big questions that, or big life questions that's been asked by mankind for millennia. Who am I? Why am I here? These are the big questions of life. And there's no doubt, as we've said, that this is even in today's world, especially more so in today's world, perhaps than it has ever been at any other time of history, it is, it is one of the hottest topics. In fact, I would say it's boiling hot as uh, people try to discuss and debate this on all matters of social media, but it's, it has generated a lot of discussion and debate, but for many, uh, confusion also, because there are some very vocal voices shouting ever so loud as they vigorously pursue their ideological quest to occupy a space and place in the hearts and minds of especially our young people. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice. They, they, they hear me. They, they hear my voice. Friends, I want to tell you, it's not just enough to do religion. We need to be ones who can hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And the NIV, the same passage says, my sheep listen to my voice. They, they, they hear and they, they listen. In the contemporary English version, it says, my sheep know my voice. They hear, they listen, and they know. When we lived in India for many years, one of my favorite scenes that would happen every year during monsoon is the sight of shepherds moving into the city. You would not have that. You would not have people walking their sheep through the Kapiti Coast. But in India, that happens. And so when the monsoon would come, the grass would grow in the city, which had been dry for months after months. And so the shepherds, looking for a more convenient, uh, uh, I guess being having closer access to the, the conveniences of the city, they would bring all of their sheep and their goats. They didn't have farms like we have here. They'd bring their sheep and their goats into town. Lots of shepherds, they'd bring camels, they'd bring sheep, they'd bring goats, they'd, and they would all gather. Any field that had some grass growing, they would be in there. They'd eat that, then they'd move on to another part of the city and eat that. But one of the, one of the spectacular sights was every night as the sun was set, the shepherds would meet together. They would know each other. They would come together with their sheep and their goats, and they would all converge in one place. All the sheep would mix up, all the shepherds would sit around a fire and talk. But the, the cool thing was that in the morning when it was time to now go off and find some feed for the sheep and for the goats, the shepherds would make their noise, the shepherds would make the sound, and the sheep and goats that came with that shepherd, would, as he walked away, they would walk away with him. And all this big crowd of sheep would divide up. Why? Because the sheep knew the voice of the shepherd. 
And in the midst of many voices today, we need to be a people who are able to hear the voice of the shepherd. In the midst of the crowd, in the midst of that which surrounds us, we need to be able to hear, listen, and know the voice of our good shepherd. Especially when it comes to your identity. Because I want to tell you, his voice is the only voice that matters. Well, that's a good place for the people of God to say amen. See, you are who God's word says you are. You are not who Hollywood says you are. You are not who social media says you are. You're not even who other people say you are. And sometimes you're not even who you say you are. You are who God's word says you are. And in the midst of many voices, that is the voice you need to be listening to. The sheep know his voice. Do you know his voice? Can you hear it? Can you do, do, and not only can you hear it, do you listen to it? Romans 12 tells us, do not conform. You're not to be a conformist, you little rebel. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Oh, man, it's trying to force us. I'm sorry, you might be trying to live your best life now. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, the days are going to get more difficult. Just saying, I'm sorry, that's probably not you. Can't you just tell me I'm going to be rich or something? No. No, things are going to get darker. Things are going to get more difficult, people. You might have to take a stand for something, otherwise you'll fall for everything. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but you are to be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Your brain becomes a Christian too when you convert. Can I hear an amen? Not just your heart. By the renewing of your mind. See, 2 Corinthians tells us we're to, we're to demolish arguments and every pretension, philosophy, reason that sets itself up against, you've got you to you understand, there are things coming, coming up against the Word of God. Direct in opposition to that which we would believe and walk in. And these are days where I can still say this kind of stuff. Oh, this is in my notes. <laughs> but I, 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 friends, I, I, I tell you, these are interesting days. And if Dr. Seuss can get in trouble, I want to tell you I can get in trouble, and you can get in trouble too. We demolish, we de- 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 demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we are to take captive. You're not just to let whatever, whatever philosophy comes around, just, oh, let it, oh, it must be true. No, you're to take captive every thought to make it obedient to the Word of God, right. obedient to Christ. And all I'm saying here is it's time to stop believing the lies of the devil and start believing the truth of God's word for your life. Start, start receiving the truth of God's word for you. That's why it's so important that you get into the word. Having a Bible in your house and on your phone is not enough. It's time for you to actually read it. Tap your neighbor and say, there's a thought. 
You are who God's word says you are. Oh, you might not feel it sometimes. But you are who God's word says you are. You might not feel it, but when God's word reveals it, no devil in hell can repeal it. I made that up myself. You are who God's word says you are. And who God says you are in him, in Christ, is what matters. That's what matters. And so as we continue today, I want to remind us of some of the things God's word declares you are in him. And some of these things that I'll share, we've talked about over the last 12 months, but, but not in the context of identity. But it's important to see them in that context. And so I'll just touch on some and I'll dig a little deeper, deeper on others. But the Bible says, you are complete. Number one, you are complete in him. That means you lack nothing. You are complete in him. Colossians 2 verse 8. Listen to this. It's a warning. It says, beware. I want to tell you, this is a day to beware. It says, beware lest anyone cheat you, rob you through philosophy. Another version says, hollow philosophy, empty philosophy, an empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of of this world. Everybody's doing it. Beware of this. That people are not. I'll read again. Be, beware lest anyone cheat you through hollow philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ, not according to the word of God. For in him, everybody say in him. See, I'm not talking, the Bible says about lots of things about us when we're not in him. It says you're lost. It says you're a sinner. But in him, that's what we're talking about today. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete. You're complete. Stop going around going, man, I don't know if God loves me. I don't, no, no, you've got to understand. In him, you are complete. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He's got a covered people. Yeah. You know it's good when, you, when the pastor's spitting. <laughs> you are complete in him. You say, well, how can that be? How can I, how can I be complete in him? I, I, I feel there's areas of my life I'm still working on. How, how can I be complete in him? Well, Colossians goes on to say this, for you died. And your life, it's talking about your flesh, your flesh life. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. How did that happen? Well, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. Many of you will, uh, will know this verse. You, you, you would have heard it. Maybe you know it off by heart. Galatians 2 verse 20. This is how it's happened. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live. But Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself 
for me. What's it saying? It's saying you're dead. You're dead. That, that life has been crucified with Christ. In the Amplified Version, that same passage, which in the Amplified is really the Bible on steroids. It's like they're just expanding everything out. It says this, I have been crucified with Christ. That is in him. I'm talking about outside of him. In him. We need to understand the in him of God. That is in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to encourage you to adhere to, rely on, and completely trust in the saving work of Jesus Christ. In the New Living Translation, it says this, my old self, your old self, yeah, that you, yeah, yeah, that you, that you keep focusing on, you keep bringing up all the time, that old self has been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's why the Bible says you are number two. Number one, you're complete in him. Number two, you're a new creation. The Bible says it. You're a new creation in him. You're a new creation. I don't feel like it. Some of us, as we get older, we certainly woke up this morning and we don't feel like it. Every ache and we don't feel like a new creation. But this is talking about in him. It's not talking about who you are in the flesh. The Bible says, no, no one after the flesh. No people after the spirit. You know me after the flesh, I'm going to fail you. I'm going to let you down because the flesh is the, 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 the flesh is weak. The, the, the flesh, we, we were not to know one another after the flesh. We're to know one another after the spirit. That's why it's so important that you are born of the spirit of God. That you're born again, that you've had an encounter with God, that God has come at you. He, that there is a day and a place where you can meet him and you can say, God has changed my life. On this day, I was like this. I got up, the grass was green, and the sky was blue, and God came in and changed my life. And my friend, if you're here today and you don't know that, that same God who did it for me wants to do it for you. He can change your life in a moment. Not because of anything that you can do, but because of what he has done on the cross. And that same power that is in the cross is available to you to change your life, to shift your circumstance. A new creation in him. Second Corinthians tells us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ today, my friend? Are you in Christ? I know you can answer that question. Are you in Christ? Anyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, not will come, not gonna come. It has come. Yeah. The old self, that old you, has gone. It's gone, I don't really feel it. Friend, friend, we are not to walk by how we feel. We are to walk by faith in what the Word of God says. Come on, stop going about how you feel. I don't feel it. As Ben Shapiro says, feelings don't care about, facts don't care about your feelings. The Word of God is the Word of God. It says you're a new creation. It means what? It means you're a new creation. In Him. And so you have to walk 
outside of him, yeah, I've got stuff going on, I've got things going on, no, no, but in him, I'm a new creation. Come on, pastor. I'm preaching myself happy. And then it says this, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All this is from God. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can add. There's nothing you can... And this is not from you. It's not by you. It's not through you. All this is from God. This, this, this new creation power is from God. You don't have to try and be better and do better and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's important that we, we, we try to live lives, to seek to live at peace with all men. The Bible talks about but when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to understanding who we are in him, there is nothing we can add. All this is from God. He's done it. Come on, somebody. Let's take 10 seconds and give him some praise and thank him for the freedom that we have in Christ. How did he do it? Well, God made him Jesus. You know, my favorite scripture. Verse 21 of that same chapter, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for you, for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, which leads me to point number three. You're righteous in him. You're righteous in him. We've talked about this. But I want to remind you in the, in the relation to identity. Remember, it's not talking about your righteousness. It's talking about his righteousness. We're to seek his righteousness. That was the yearning of the Apostle Paul's heart. When he's like, anything that I could use for myself to say that I'm somehow righteous, anything that you can use to say, well, look, I'm a good person, God, and I'm a good, I, look at me, look at me, look how amazing I am. He, Paul said, anything like that that is about my life, I count it as rubbish. He said, I count it as rubbish, Philippians 3, verse Eight, that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. It's through faith, not by your feelings. Sometimes I feel like, man, I don't even know if I'm safe, to, safe today. But I know that doesn't interfere with my faith. I understand who I am in Christ. It's not about how I feel. The minute I start blaming myself for, how, for my situation, for my th thing, I, I, and, and putting myself down, the danger is that when I do well, I'll start taking the credit for success. Come on. It's God. It's Christ. Did I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, righteousness which is from God. Where is it from? It's from God by faith. And of course, that leads us on to the fact that in him, and we've talked about it, I'm not going to go right into it, we've talked about it over the last little while, you, you are justified. You are justified. It's part of your identity. You are justified in him. You are sanctified in him. You are made holy in him. We've talked about it over the last few months. You're justified, sanctified, made holy. 
Colossians 1 verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now, everybody say, but now. That's how it was, but now, friends, because of Christ. Oh, I hope I'm setting some people free today. I hope some people are hearing this and going, thank you, Jesus. But now he has reconciled you. How? By Christ's physical body through death to present you what? To present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Come on, that's another time to give God some praise and thank him for what he's done. Just hold on a second, AJ, and I'll tell you when to... That is AJ. You said it is AJ. See, that's why Paul said, when it says free from accusation, that's why Paul said, uh, therefore, there is now no condemnation. Meaning no one can bring any accusation to, against you. When people can say, you can't be a Christian because you're this or you're that. And I know what you did last summer and I know how you lived you know, two years ago. And uh, didn't you get mad at this person? Or why, why? Listen, no one can bring an accusation when it comes to who we are in Christ. Why? Because we didn't do it. We're not standing in our own righteousness. We're not standing in our own goodness. There is no accusation can be brought against us because I'm standing in his righteousness. I'm standing in his holiness. I'm standing, come on somebody. I'm standing, that's who I'm standing in it's the power of understanding who we are in him. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in him? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Has set you free. Good news right there. From what? From the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. Who did it? God. Come on, who did it? God. Oh, come on, you've got to understand. Who did it? God. God did. Don't ever walk out of here and think you can do something or add to it. God's done it. Yeah. What we've got to do is say, thank you, Jesus. I, I believe it. I receive it. I walk in the truth of your word. That's how I'm going to live my life. God did it. And because he has done everything, we choose to give everything back to him. So great a love. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. God did it. How? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Thank you, Jesus. So we've talked about it over the last few months, but this is a part of your identity. We've also talked about the fact that you are, the Word of God says you are. You are what? You are a chosen generation. You've got work to do, people. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are all of these things. This is your identity. You're his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We've got Des Chettle coming in a few weeks. He's an evangelist. He's going to mess you up. Why? Because he's, he's different. But I want to get him in here. Why? Because the Bible says you are my witnesses. And we need to be stirred again in passion for the lostness of souls. And I think Daz will do that. This is your identity in him. 
This is your identity in Christ. This is who you are. You are who God's word says you are, AJ. And of course, I haven't been able to cover all the all the in hymns of the Bible. There are many more, but it makes a great study. But I want to finish with this. And number four. Jesus said, you are the branches. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, he said, I am the vine, and you are, you are, you are the branches. And he said this, if you remain in me, and I in you, us in him and him in us, he said, you will bear much fruit. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And again, that's a scripture we quote a lot. You know, apart from him, we can do nothing. But I want you to realize the context today. What are you apart from? It's saying you're, if you are apart from the vine, if you're not connected in, if you're apart and not a part of the vine, apart from him, apart from the vine, you can and I can do nothing in the God life. We need to be in Him. He needs to be in us. And then it says this, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. I looked up the definitions of that, and it means to a to wilt, become limp, droop, fade, shrivel up, dry up, die, perish, decay, diminish, dwindle, shrink, lessen, fade, ebb away, wane, weaken, languish, evaporate, melt away, disappear. All of those definitions happen slowly. That might describe your life right now. Are you connected in with the vine? Are you abiding in the vine? It's so important. Because apart from the vine, life can't flow. Apart from the vine, fruit can't grow. Because you being connected to the root will always determine what fruit will grow. So the challenge for us today is to remain in Him. And Him in us. Today, if you do not know Him, say, Lord, come into my life. Change me, shape me, mold me, speak to me. It's not just a prayer at the end of a service. It's a, it's a, it's a submitting of life and say, God, have your way. Be king, be Lord of my life. I forsake my sin and give my life to you. Throw yourself at his mercy. Be born again and allow God to work. In you. So, church, let us not be ones who seek just his hand. God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, can you do this? Can you fix that? But let us be ones who seek his face first before his hand. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's enough from the preacher today. Please stand and let me pray a blessing over you. If you need prayer for anything after the service, there will be someone to pray with you. Put your hands out like this. Let me speak this powerful, ancient blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. 